All right, man. We back, man. You know what I'm saying? Hasbands podcast. What is it? Episode? Jesus. I think this is episode nine, man. Hasbands podcast, episode nine. Season two. Season two. You already know, man. Hasbands podcast. We back in the building. It is episode nine. It's your boy. Happy to be back. Another week in the game. Uh, I don't even know what to call myself this week, man. I'm I'm just the one, man. Trash. Hey, Trash. Already started, man. It's your boy, Cam Will, man. Make sure you go follow me everywhere on social media. Cam Will made it, man. Make sure. And if you tuned into that Xbox, man, add me, try Killer Cam, and we in the war zone, man. We everywhere. We on the FIFA. The FIFA just dropped. Holla at me. Got my dog in the building, man. DP the Hun, man, the fitness guru, yes. the 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 international model, yep. the the just the guy, man. Come up with more stuff. Keep nah, that's it. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> it's my guy Dave, man. Appreciate coming in, man. What's good, guy? Man, nothing much. Nothing much, man. Just just back. You know, everybody's favorite guest. I don't know. It's it, podcast. You, you do well. You do well. Treating it like it's mine. Everybody, everybody does tend to enjoy you. Yeah. Those episodes tend to do well. Well, I enjoy being here, man. You I'm know, glad you're here, man. I, I do what I can do when I can do it, you know. And we got another suck on it. You don't see anybody in the building, but it's somebody here, man. I got a good friend of mine, man. I think he didn't pull it through once, maybe. I can't remember. A, <laughs> he's a legend. This guy is... is Man, I don't even want to talk about him, man. It, this is my dog here, man. He hailing from the great city of Augusta, Georgia, man. It's my dog, Real Steve, man, joining us via Zoom. What's good, my guy? What's good, my boy, man? Glad to be on, bro. Just staying safe, corona-free. Everybody wear y'all masks. And also, man, everybody vote. I was about to say. I'm, everybody vote. Everybody wear your mask, man. Have y'all? I ain't got out there, but I got I got I to gotta, gotta take a trip down the road. I got to. Travel some miles to get to the vote, but I'm gonna go probably tomorrow and get my vote. And then you vote yeah, here. I don't even like. I, I don't. I don't even trust it. It's just too much funny business going on Fair in the world. Fair enough. I'll take. That. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to hand deliver the package, man. I'm gonna hand deliver the package, man. Make sure y'all go out there and vote, man. Due to my contract, man, I can't tell y'all who to vote for, man. I'm, 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 I'm tied to a contract, man. Sucks. I'm in a bad. <laughs> I'm in a bad deal, man. Get me out of here, man. Has been's podcast episode. Oh, real. Tell them where they can find you at, bro. And, and, and talk a little bit, man. Where you can find you at? Bro. Hey, man. J. Steve on Twitter. I don't do the Instagram thing, man. But you know, you can find me on on Twitter. Uh, J. Steve or J. Underscore Steve underscore twenty two. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Real Steve. Hey, man. Uh, we got a whole lot of people who are in our uh, Facebook group, Wildcard Sports Talk group. Man, I need everybody who in that group. Check everybody out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, all that, man. We got the group booming, man. We got to get the group. We got to get the YouTube booming like we got the group, man. Come on, man. That moment of silence is coming, coming, coming. Yes, sir, man. Mm-hmm. Moment of silence. I'm waiting on it. Moment of silence. You ready for it? I'm ready for it. Man, what I need y'all to do right now, moment of silence, man. Shout out to our social media, like J. Steve just said, man. Our numbers, they coming up. We up and coming, man. I'm, I can't complain. We continually growing. We staying consistent. We gonna keep rocking, but we need y'all help. We need y'all to subscribe. We need y'all to tap into everything we doing right now. It's just a pod. 
But wild card sports is bigger than just support, a, support, yeah. support, support. Yeah, support. man. So we need it's y'all free. It's it's support free. is really free, man. We're not asking y'all for a, a dime. Support we just need y'all to go on to the YouTube, go on to social, all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, type in wild card sports. I need you to go and type in the has been's pod on all social media and make sure you click the follow button, man. Just follow us up. Make sure you like all the photos, leave a comment, and just, you know, give us some support, man. And then most of all, we need you to go to YouTube, subscribe to Wildcard TV. Like the video. Like the video. Watch the video. If you want some subscribers, it's all in your videos. Share the video. Liking the shit. Comment all on your shit. Come to Wildcard TV, man. So we're going to give y'all a moment of silence, man, to tap into us on your favorite social media platforms. Tap in with us on YouTube, man, and tap in with us on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Let's get it. Push the button, man. Has been his podcast episode nine, man. We back in the building, season two, man. It's been a long time. I'm back again another week, man. I'm um, what happened this week, man? What, what's what's anything anything just weird happening, y'all? Since the since well, I ain't seen y'all in a while, so I guess any story will help here. Shit, man. 2020. It's just here. a motherfucker, ain't it? Hey, man. The downfall of Georgia sports. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not really weird though. That's not really weird. That ain't weird. I wouldn't that's call cool. that weird. I I seen you tweet too. You you you, you we was trying to, you was trying to sacrifice them Falcons on Sunday to get that dub. Hey man, we trying to sacrifice anything for the Braves to get a dub, man. It just ain't work. It just down now, bad, man. The curse of Georgia sports, man. Now my boy Dayton, he he is a true AT alien. A, what is it, AT alien? <laughs> Whatever it is, you are tried and true. You've been here your whole entire life outside of the great years you spent at Tuskegee University, man. How's it feel, bro? <clears throat> See how I'm looking. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. I ain't even had this on the docket when I told you I was going to smoke you, but this this one right here going to start the, the seat hot already, my you boy. You can't get a rise out of me when it comes to Atlanta sports, though, man, because this listen – much as we would like to be a sports city, we just, you know, we need owners. Well, you know what, I'm in regards to the Hawks. We need owners that really care about winning and care about the team. But as, you know, as far as the Falcons go, um, I haven't watched football in about three years. But, you know, I, I hear the rumblings because I'm in the city. So I know what's going on with the <laughs> So you I, hear the rumors? I've been trying to tell people about Matt Ryan, man, for forever. If it, they were smart, they should have got rid of him at his peak. We should have got we should have got him out of the city at his peak. You, yeah, he definitely he definitely on the back end Around of it. That Super, the Super Bowl, he showed you everything you needed to know. <laughs> everything you needed to know. You should have got his ass out of here then. So I don't, you know, I mean, it's more of a I told you so situation, you know. And then you know you got Julio, he down there. With them QC boys fucking around, you know, he gambling and he with rappers now. His career going down the drain. 
Julio, he he is he is not. I've been telling my boy, he's not hurt. We've seen he fed up, man. We've Julio seen Julio up, play through more injuries than the late great Kobe Bryant. Look, man, Rest Julio his soul. Been down there in them strip clubs. He probably I be I seen Julio and Cheetah one night. He's been down there in <laughs> dice games. He all in the door and shit. I mean, it, listen. <laughs> they not keeping the players focused. It's because you got a bunch of businessmen. Yeah. Arthur Blank. Yeah, uh, what's the Schlink? Well, no, that's that's the Schlink is the dude who he not the owner. He the GM, right? Where? The Hawks. What's yeah. the What's the Hawks owner name? What's his name? Now we got a few owners. Um, oh, it's a group. It's a group. Oh, busy business. Like the lady that um owns Spanx. I always forget her name, but she's one of the owners. Really? She, yeah, and she don't know shit about basketball. Yeah, man, that's just the problem, man. It's it's it's, it's like a um, you know, it's more of an investment for that group. You know, they know that you know sports sports is hot. It's a, it's a great investment for a team. You know, they don't really care about winning like that. You know, so it's sad because it's that Atlanta lifestyle, man, catching up to a lot. Of these here's guys. here's the question I got because see, I'm I'm coping with this because see, I, I understand y'all probably used to this, but I was I planned on rooting up here, my guy. This is why I want to set my my groundwork and move forward. I want to set up wild card sports. I want to I want to you know they got shit going on in LA. They got shit going on in NYC. Yeah, I'm from the South, man. I said, man, we gonna do it right here in the A. Yeah, but then I think about this though. I gotta have some children one day, and I ain't gonna force nothing on my kids. I've already made that decision. So if you grow up in a city, I had to come to grips in my head. They might be Falcons fans, Hawks fans. I don't know if I can do this though. I can't even. Fo- I can't. Man, they- child protective services come get me. They. I. I. I raise some children as Falcons fans, man. <laughs> Listen, I will say this: there are there are worse franchises to be fans of. We talked about you know, this. I don't know. I don't know. The people say the Bills. Bills went to four straight Super Bowls. Y'all been the two in your life. You can't. I don't know if y'all worse than what Cleveland. Hey man, the worst part about Atlanta, man, is they really will set you up to the point where you think you on the cusp of winning. Everybody, all these other franchises, I'm a Kings fan. We're perennial losers. I'm used to losing. There's never a time where as a Kings fan, we are on the cusp of winning and we just blow it the magnitude that these Atlanta teams do it man yeah man i mean it's just it's y'all getting the players the opportunity yeah man it's just the atlanta coaching. just blow it man y'all it's the city man i told you y'all ain't nothing gonna happen good to atlanta sports until martha blank do right by michael vick i i can get with that y'all stop all that scamming and number three, they got to stop packing these clubs out during COVID, man. Hey, man, people living free. <laughs> Until we wow. do this out in Atlanta, man, it ain't going nah, down. You just need to focus on keeping these players out the club. They in the club. That's what I'm saying. They, in the they, clubs, they out here scamming the, in the club. Keeping them away from these IG models. Uh, it's rough. These strippers. It's know. rough. Keep it's, the coke out their nose. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> they, it's, a, it's a lot going on, you know, man. Keep the weed out their system during the season. How my boy Steven, they say? Nah. We nah. You ain't, you, ain't, you, ain't, you ain't quoting Steve. Nah. We need a new line then. We got to get a new line. Just stay off, stay off that. Stay fo- 
focused. Stay man. focused. Stay focused. <laughs> I think that's you know? DJ Khaled. We gonna we gonna bring it back. Stay focused. Yeah, stay focused. That's all. They not focused out here in Atlanta, yeah, man. I mean, we are gonna be all right. You sure? Hopefully. Okay. I, okay. I just needed to see where your confidence was, and we gonna make it. We gonna make. I'm I don't always know. optimistic. You know, I'm just not. I, I mean, I listen. I take it with a grain of salt. You know, I listen. I'm just waiting. On the on the final, yeah, there's a bunch of is Atlanta just a place where your career comes to just end and just nah, be done? No, no. Is this a place? That, well, say, no. You're right. I say you begin your career in Atlanta. <laughs> in, make your name. Yeah, you make a make name, a name yourself, and get out. You go off and you win. But if you come here and you stay, you're gonna be a has been real, real, real fast. I think Trey Young, he gonna be all right. Cause he coming to LA. We already got the the, the groundwork set. Once you get Anthony Davis in, so when he a thirty two year old stud, thirty yeah, and he at the top of his career, his unibrow is at his full peak. He gonna be recruiting a guy like Trigger Trigger Trey. He ain't gonna have to man. He got Trey on clutch man. You gonna get the clutch oh, he, man. He, Trey clutch. I think he is. Ooh, man. Trey, we gotta check the age. And I ain't got this. I gotta get me a new stat man. I need a stat man that can get me them type of figures, man. Clutch. He, clutch. He, clutch. he clutch. Oh, it's over with. Right. Yeah, it's man. Trey clutch, man. Trey clutch. Man. That's a clutch decision. <laughs> but, but speaking <laughs> of has Once you get on clutch, man, it's a wrap, man. It's, it's over a wrap. You L.A. bound or LeBron bound. Man, and when LeBron retire. Trey right in there. Right in there. Man, so listen. What's up? We'll, we'll get to it. Go we'll ahead. get to go, it. Go ahead. Because I want to talk about has-beens, man. Go ahead. Do that. Because people always ask me, and I, I don't think I ever explained to them what a has-been was. Okay. What the pod, what what the name means. Mm-hmm. I think the guy right here actually on the mic, this is a perfect episode, but it's got to be on. Because he know he kind of, he the has-been name been here for a while, right? Way before it was ever even put in the. Way before it was a podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We've been has-beens before it was a podcast, man. Has-beens for me, I'm going to see what y'all think a has-been is, but for me, being a has-been is just kind of being able to celebrate, like just kind of celebrate your accomplishments and just be, you know, be a cool with being done with whatever it is you're doing, not even sports. Just kind of like if you're done with it, just kind of being able to look back and appreciate it. You know, that's what I think being a has-been is. Um, that's called being a legend. No, no. Uh, See, that's why I say that's why I named it has been pod, man. Because for me, no matter how big or small, you know, you can look back at your little, you know, accomplishments, man, and be proud of them, bro, and not right. trip. And so, you know, that's why I just embrace being a has been, bro. Because whatever it is, man, you know, I put my best into it, bro. Yeah. That's my little sentimental, like little uh, for okay. today. What you think a has been is though? A washed up ass. <laughs> <laughs> Watched up as player or or professional that used to be good at something and they no longer good at it. I call them just wash that laundry. Said you need the next the next step with has been podcast. You need to get you a bunch of has been ass players. Andre <laughs> Risings, you know uh, who else? Sebastian uh, Telfairs, those type of people. Get them up here. Talk about they they once <laughs> they once successful but ultimately failed career. Andre Rising was on that. Where he was at? Where he was at? Where Andre Rising was at when he went downhill for him? In the A. 
regardless of that, though, nobody ain't in the A. Rosen was around here, fucking around with Suge, trying to do music deals, running labels. You know, I'm telling you, it's the it's the it's the lifestyle. You get them every time. Everybody <laughs> want to come down here, and you know, motherfuckers want to turn into a rapper. Is it be they be like Dwayne? Oh man, they like Dwayne Bacon, but he out there in Charlotte. I don't know why he out there rapping in Charlotte. Who? Dwayne Bacon. Some of them, see, I think it don't even matter where they go now. They gonna just rap. Yeah, man. They gonna just rap. It don't matter. They gonna they gonna get in that booth. They gonna get in the booth. I don't mind. I don't mind that as long as you know, if you work out, you know, you stay in shape, and you make sure you practice in your real craft way harder than you do rapping or whatever, and you making sure that you elevating as far as skill your skill set goes. Then it's it's fine. You know, you everybody needs hobbies. Listen, I need you getting better at the same time. I don't want no, you know, your fire ass mixtape. That's cool. I need that fire ass handle. And that so, jump shot so, too. <laughs> I want to play a game. I want to play a game with y'all. I'm the GM. Uh, no, no, no. Y'all the GM. I'm going to give you two player scenarios. I want you to tell me as a general manager, coach, higher up in the organization, how are you going to approach this player? I'm going to start with my guy, Dame Dollar. Okay. Nah, that's too easy. That's too easy. That's too easy. Let's go. I'm going to dig into the archive, Metal World Peace, a.k.a. Ron Artest. Ron was rapping, man. Remember Ron was rapping? No, I don't. Or I, well, I don't like to, but, yeah, I, I somewhat remember that. J. Steve. I remember. I remember him rapping, man. I, re- I remember, man. You remember all right, you the general manager of the Indiana Pacers, man. Ron not performing up to the standards on the court, but he dropping mixtape after mixtape, and they blazing. They hot. <laughs> how, how you approaching Ron, man? I let J. Steve go first. Yo, you, I ain't approaching Ron, they, man. They, he got his own. He oh, got he his got own scenario. Okay. He, he, so I'm, 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 the, I'm the player. I'm Ron, man. Uh-huh. You call me in the office. Yeah, I am. I sure hold that tape going number one. Your ass out of here. You are out of here. It's like that. <laughs> you, are, Coach, you are out of here. Coach, you ain't, I mean, I'm trying, I'm, you not putting me in position. I ain't getting the playing time I need. Now, I'm going to put you in position. I'm going to put you in position to top every musical chart out there. Coach. You in position. Ain't no. You knew what you had to do. You, they, you signed that contract. You knew what was expected, son. You... No, sir. They no. not so no. So we ain't playing no games with him. You get playing no games. So if it's a play, he not performing. You get him straight out of there. Oh yeah, you gone. No, no warnings. Nothing. Listen, I heard the baby and them got a tour coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I think you will be perfect for it. You have plenty of time. <laughs> You're not gonna be in here. All right. Okay, Steve. I got one. I think you would like this one. Dwayne Bacon. Oh, man. Dwayne Bacon just dropped his new mixtape, man. It's the training camp, man. Y'all third game into the preseason. He just struggling. He's shooting 29% from the field, man. He just averaging three turnovers a game in the 15 minutes, man. Hey, man, I got a question. What's his contract? <laughs> he, uh, he on his rookie deal. 
Oh man, he out of here. He get released. We ain't even trade first him. Round so you got you got to trade. You got to trade world peace because he got some value. Dwayne Bacon, man, we just gonna give you this bus ticket, man. You don't even get no plane ticket. Here go your bus ticket, man. You just so gonna... so. It's no space on if he not performing, he can't rap at all. No, nah, man, he can't. He can't rap. He, he hey man, you know it's some leverage. <laughs> what if he you What about establish. the guys who trash and like golf? What you mean? Like any trash basketball player that be golfing on the weekend. Same. Well, not trash, but it's like it's not performing well. But he golfing on the weekend. Hey, listen, hey, what's the difference? You, you trying to go play in the Masters over there with Tiger and them? <laughs> Any extracurricular, you he better keep it off the gram. Listen, is that what it is? Keep it off the gram. Listen, just don't let it affect your career. <laughs> you know, if you committed to to basketball in this team, and you know we spending this cat the salary cap on you, then you need to perform. Okay. All right. That's good. I just had to. I had to get that one out there. I was having a little fun today, but I got. I got. A, I got some some serious questions, basketball related questions to ask. I, mean, I was sitting here thinking, you know, it's off season time. You know what time it is. All the capologists come out. All the trade machines come out. All the trade experts come out. All the you know all the rumors come out. Who going where? You know who got what space? But it's just one thing that stood out to me in this. And like looking at this. It's just a simple fact that we really know how much each and every last athlete, not just basketball player, athlete makes, right? But these are private companies, right? All these teams are private companies, right? For the most part, I guess. I think so. I Just kind of, I, I guess, if we could just be pretty much just kind of keep it standard. Most of these companies are private companies, right? These teams. You- I, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the sake of argument, let's. Yeah, yeah, for the sake of argument. Why do we know these players' financials down to the T, and not the executives, and not the the trainer, and the owner, and the GM, and the and the security staff? But you know the players. It just it, it kind of it just it never made sense to me why we know exactly how much these players make. I think because um, when you get into the discussion of a uh, cap space and you know how much money teams have to operate with when they're acquiring players, I think it kind of creates like a better uh, picture of why uh, certain players are pursued and some are traded and, you know, it helps create a, a, a storyline and a scenario around what's going on with the money. Right. <coughs> I mean, or what's going on with the franchise when it comes to uh, the roster. Yeah, and, and for me, like you said, I think it does create a story. Like, it paints a picture of kind of what's going on and what the team can do and <coughs> creates narratives around why the team can do it. Right. But when you sit back and really look at the actualities behind of it and you know, once you start bringing up all the mid-level exceptions and trade clauses and exemptions and, and I mean, real, just throw out some, you know, just all the different things that, that you can maneuver your financials that has nothing to do, actually, with those that hard cap. You know, they create this identity, this idea that there's this hard cap and all the players fit under it. But year in, year out, you know, like, you know, you heard Jared Dudley say, like, the Lakers can go over the cap, you know, and they got a TV deal. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, the money's coming from alternate places and it's not just all under this cap. 
But it's this narrative, like you say, created around these players. It's a lot of pressure, I think, put on players. You see, like Dak Prescott mm-hmm. to take money. And, you know, when every year, like, every, I think if you look into it, Jerry Jones, I think I heard this somewhere. Not sure where I heard it. Jerry Jones bakes in, like, in every contract, the ability to, like, re- renego- I mean, uh, restructure the contracts yearly, right? Mm-hmm. So they do that to every year, restructure everybody's contracts to maneuver and massage to get under the cap, right? Mm-hmm. And you just never really know how much people are making. Right. You know, somebody might get $6 million that year. You know, you might take a haircut here. You just never know what's really going on. Especially in football. Yeah, but you just got – you have so – I just think it puts – I think it's – I think the reason they do it, and this is my opinion, is they – I think it's a way to control and keep – and control the narrative. I think it's a way to control the players. Stay – you know, it's because – I don't – in football, I'll definitely say it's a narrative, man, because you, you you watch every year, year in, year out, where somebody acting like they've created, they've taught like a player has like topped the market or something. You know, somebody will say, hey, man, look at Ryan Tannehill and all the money he got, not knowing that, I mean, he only getting what he's guaranteed, you know, like it might say a hundred and I'm not, I'm not sure what his contract is. And it might should say 115 and you're like, damn man, Ryan T- Tannehill to top the market. He's at the top of the quarterback market, but it's, he got $30 million guaranteed. Whereas you might look at somebody like, I don't know. Uh, Your boy Kirk. Yeah. Or even Kirk, you know what I'm saying? Like Kirk got three years, but all Kirk years are guaranteed. You know, so, you know, somebody look at Tannehill and be like, man, he's top of the market with his money. Whereas somebody like Kurt fly under the radar and actually Makes is more. getting more money because it's guaranteed for him. You know, I think a lot of them do that for the narrative to make it look like they really paying these players something that they really not. Yeah. And, and that's why I think Dak Prescott, that's why I brought him up. I think he realizes he, won, he, he right. fired his he old knows. agent, hired a new one. And he's gonna get every dollar he he is right. he is deserving of, you feel me? Because he understands right. that just because they give you a like you say a forty, what is it, what did Mahomes sign for? Five hundred million? Five hundred, yeah. You feel me? He not gonna they He's not gonna that, get to that contract. Yeah. He's gonna hop down and get another one. I mean, either that or if if there's ever a slip in his play. They gonna restructure, right? You know, he they they probably I think it was a two hundred and something guaranteed, I think. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that'll uh, cover yeah. them the next, what, four or five years? Yeah. Yeah. Through his prime. And then if he's still anything, or we, we got control, you know, we got control over until he fall off a cliff. And then that that $500 million deal could easily turn into 250 you know, 300 That's it. And that's it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Nothing more. Yeah. But I think it's it's publicized strictly for um for the narrative and – and who knows? It, it may have something to do with uh Vegas and they spreads and shit. It, you know, it, you just never know. I know, I know. Jay Steve, speaking of Vegas, I know Jay Steve believe in the in in, in st- certain things being fixed. Oh yeah, man. Oh no doubt, no doubt. So off topic, do y'all do y'all do y'all actually think sports can be fixed? Most definitely. Back in the, you know, you have um refs that they came out, NBA refs they came out and said um. Hey, me and my boy Cam Scott Foster, man. Scott, yeah, that 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 is a thing for me. Scott Foster, man. Scott, Scott Foster. 
I think it's a little more difficult. I mean, you had people like Mike, Michael Franzese, who was, um, you know, old mafia boss, ex-mafia boss. But, he, you know, he came out and said, yeah, the mafia used to control sports. It's a little harder uh, today because. Technology, I think. Not, not even technology, but players get paid more. So right. the way they were yeah. caught up is they would gamble a lot. And, you know, they had these big gambling debts to pay off. And when they couldn't pay the debts, it'd be like, all right, well, listen, the way you're going to work it off is you're going to shave some points mm-hmm. on the next game, you know, to help me with my spreads when I bet, you know. So, um, and it okay. wouldn't necessarily matter if if the the team won or not because, you know, when people that gamble know that you can bet on anything, you know, it's all kind of different spreads and stuff you can bet on. So, it might be like, listen, LeBron coming in under 13 points tonight. And, you know, if you owe me this gambling debt and you don't have the money to pay it off, I might tell you, look, I need you to come in under 13. Because, you know, the odds are, what, uh, uh, 100, 250 to 1. That you, yeah. You know. I don't think they play on the the players. I think the stuff that's around the players. For example, uh, like, I think they stick people, like, who have certain tendencies on certain games, you know what I'm saying? Where, you know, they might, I just go back to Scott Foster. They know Scott Foster, like how he officiates the Rockets and, or more specifically James Harden is different than how other referees officiated James Harden. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, you will watch, I mean, I don't think uh, I'm not before they beat the thunder. Like the Rockets had what, what cam like, Lost like the last nine ten games that Scott Foster yeah. refereed. Yeah, because we were talking about that, and then they won that one game. And then they won the one game against the Thunder. But I mean, if you look at it, you can just tell like how he officiates Harden as far as him getting to the line or what he's calling as far as hand checks or three ball shots or fouls on jumpers and stuff like that. I mean, they I think people have a tendency to play on referees' tendencies per se, not necessarily the players actually yeah. point shaving yeah, like yeah. it used to be. Yeah, yeah. Nah, you won't um, really see point shaving like that anymore out of professional players because, like I said, you know, the salaries are way higher now. And, and you know, whatever debt they get in, they get into, they can afford to pay it off. Or really, it's, it's really kind of no amount of money you can give. You can afford to give some of these star players that's already getting $200, $300 million contracts. Right. I mean, well, what are you going to pay them in one night? That'll right. actually be worth them going out throwing the game away. Okay. Now you can get to some of these officials. Yeah. And these refs and tell them, hey, look, I need you. I need this many fouls. I need you to lay off tonight, yada, yada, yada. But other than that, you know, uh, the only other place I would really see, I would probably think that there would maybe some point shaving is in college sports. Oh, yeah, for sure. Them, yeah. You know. Yeah, especially some of these, these guys who know they're going to the next level. Right. Don't give a damn about about the the institution. Nah, yeah. But going back, going back to what what Steve said here, and and, it, and that's a, a topic maybe where I would be able to like like you say, believe that sports can be rigged, especially in in twenty twenty. Mm. And going back to technology, when I brought that up, I think just kind of the things that you can do to blow a game, or just there'd be so like it's so many cameras, it's just kind of really hard. Outside of like I guess like point shaving mm-hmm. and just not shooting or like like you can almost tell if like somebody just like tries to do something on purpose there's just so many right. cameras but going back to the point like like you see like it's just so many games 
like going back to Scott Foster that in the playoffs he he refereed so many Rockets games in the playoffs. Right. right. So <laughs> many. It just it just makes you wonder like the the could the league just say, you know what? Man, they got these boys down. They had, they got them down three two, man. Scott, Scott, come now, on they don't, in. They don't, never mind. They don't, even, they don't say nothing to Scott. It, I don't want right. people to think they calling Scott Foster and saying going to do nothing. Yeah. But they know Scott Foster finna get James Harden hell this next game, exactly. and that's all the Warriors need to get back into the series because they would rather see. You know, I can see that, but I don't believe that. See, but I, it, it, when you talk, when you say that though, I don't think there's more or less rig in the game. I think that's just good betting. And understanding uh, the type of officiating that he does when I no, nah, that's mind, cheating, dog. When we talk about rigging <laughs> the game. I'm thinking about somebody having a a back a backroom conversation, knowing knowing like, hey, this is the objective. This is what we're trying to. This is what we need you to go out here and do. This is what we're trying to accomplish, and go out there and do it. I think that's just as much rigging as as yo. As yo, that's the explicit version yeah, of rigging that, right there. <laughs> that's, that's just like, hey, hey, dog, you better miss that shot. That's cool, but I, I think that's a that's an angle. I think that maybe I don't think that's what people who say basketball is rigged. I don't think that's how deep they look. Yeah, into they it. don't. Yeah, yeah, because I, I don't think they ever pay attention to who's refereeing the games unless somebody on ESPN tells them. Right. But um, that's interesting. That's a tangent. Well, yeah, real basketball um, analysts and fans, you know, they pay attention to refereeing the game because I pay attention to referees' fights, and I know they style of refing. Well, I'm glad you. I don't. Well, I mean, you obviously knew what we were talking about today, but yeah. fights, man. But we can get into that. In a, I mean, you. Oh, that's what we at. We here. That's what. That was it. We here. Cool. This <laughs> it, it, this what you here for? Let's get this what you love to do, man. You know what I'm saying? Fight time, man. It is. We had a big fight last week. Rare fight last week, honestly. Mm-hmm. We had a unif. Well, not a not a unification. Is it a unification? What's it? It was a unification for okay. all four, all four belts. I, okay, I got it. Yeah, I got a list of, of terminology I'm gonna go through to make sure I, I educate the people as we talk about this yeah. this craft, man. Because like Roger say, man, most people don't know shit about boxing, man. Unifying is basically when it's just two or more belts being. Yeah, formed. that's what that's what I that's what I read, and I was I I wanted to make sure that was the proper t- for that one. Yeah, but they un so you can say the names because I just I called my boy Loma Chico. And Lopez. No Machinko. Nah, uh, so the fight was between. Uh, How you say his name? At, you, Vasily Loma. Vasily. 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 Vasily Lomachenko. Lomachenko and Tiafimo Lopez. Tiafimo Lopez. Yep. They squared off. Shout out to, <coughs> I love, shout out to the, uh, also the promotion teams that rock with, with local, uh, I mean, uh, cable networks. Mm-hmm. So we can get some big fights on TV. So that's, that fight was on ESPN. That's rare to get a, a a fight of that magnitude on top rank PBC, all of those guys. And then on top of that, man, it did almost three million views, and that's with the other games they was yeah, facing. Yeah, I was about was to facing. say it was a foot, it was a football game on mm-hmm. football game. Yeah, on, yeah was, man. Yeah, that that that's good. So that's shout, big. But I big. mean, I think that's what media going now. You see movies just dropping on yeah, YouTube. Man. You see just, I mean, not YouTube, Amazon. Just they just they dropping media. In a whole different way these days. Make media free again. I love it. Yeah. I need to, hey, that's what we need to put on the hat. Yeah, make, make media free again. <laughs> I love that, man. Let's get it, right. man. Hey, man, speaking of making media free, man, make sure y'all hit that button, man. Free media, man. Wildcard TV, man, on YouTube, man. Um, 
But back to the fight, man. It, unification of the titles, man. TM, I'm just going to say Lopez. Lopez pulled out the win, right? And he took all the belts, right? That's the small. We'll get into the to the to the fight. I know you're gonna talk your shit about Loma in a second, but let me break down what happened after the fight is over and Loma takes the L, man. I they bring all the belts in the ring. Yep. I saw like five belts, honestly. I yeah. think I saw five belts. Yeah. I even Loma yeah. had four. To had one. Yeah. And it just blew me right. Yep. And I called you and I called J. Steve. So it's ironic y'all both on today. And I said, bruh, because I'm not like the biggest like background boxer. I don't have a huge background. Like I don't know the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, that's a lot of belts. I used to watch wrestling and like they had the cruiserweight belt, but that was for a weight class. Right. You know, you got the heavyweight <laughs> belt and then you got the championship belt. And that belt, that belt was just the belt for the champ, right? And I'm looking and I'm just like, I had to go and educate myself. I said, damn, why is there so many belts? So I look into it and I realize that it's four. Four, what is it? Boxing commissions? Is that what it's called? Four major, major. Four major yeah, four major. Four, four major boxing commissions. And let me pull this up. Commissions and federations and all. Yeah, you got all kinds of stuff. Let me pull it up. Pull it up on my phone. So you got the IBF. Yep. That's the International Boxing Federation. Yep. You got the WBA, the World Boxing Association. You got the WBC, the World Boxing Council. They say the WBC is probably the top dog of all of them. That's what I hear. You know what I'm saying? I've been educating myself, baby. And the WBO, the World Boxing Organization, that's the young fellow on the block, they say. That's that's one of the more recent ones in, in, that came around in the in, – well, I think it became like a world – in the 2000s. I think yeah. that's one of the more prominent ones. Yeah, the newer ones. Yeah, so yeah, the old school champs would have never been a WBO champion. Right. So, with that being said, in each weight class, they got these four championship belts. Well, these four boxing organizations. Mm-hmm. And then even within, I think it is the W, it's one you of them. W, w- it's one of them, y'all correct me here, that also has two, de- two, two separate champs within the commission, right? Mm-hmm. So it has like the regular champ and then it has the super champ. A super champ. Yeah. yeah. So I say all that to say that it could be six to seven belts running around in a boxing division at a single time. Yep. I don't think there's ever been a time in any history of boxing where I think there were six or seven great champion caliber boxers fighting in any weight class at any time at one time. And not to mention, on top of that, they've added a million divisions on yeah. top of the actual. Y'all, y'all want to see that? Y'all, do you need a list? I am here. <laughs> I got. I mean, you know, I don't know how many divisions it is, man. You want to? You want to hear? Yeah, yeah give I'm here. I get, yeah, give us the list. Give here us we the go. List, we got man. the heavyweight. That's unlimited okay. weight. Whatever weight. I guess you can. I can go fight. Anybody can fight a heavyweight. Yeah, don't matter. As long as you're over one seventy-five. Over one seventy-five. Yeah. Cruiserweight, that's 200 pounds. Light heavyweight, 175. Super uh, middleweight, 168. Middleweight, 160. 
junior middleweight, 154, welterweight, 147, junior welterweight, 140, lightweight, 135, junior lightweight, 130, featherweight, 126, a thousand days later. Junior featherweight, 122, bantamweight, 118, junior bantamweight, 115, flyweight, 112, junior flyweight, 108, strawweight, 105. It's a point where you shouldn't even be fighting nobody at 105 pounds. (laughs) You know what? You know what? I challenge any straw weight in the world to a fight right now. I no, knock the teeth off. Those are more for, for children. Oh, you know. okay. But, but even normally so, you see them dudes from Thailand on the yeah, on the that, that too. Yeah, them little Thailand dudes, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of, no offense to people from Thailand, but, but you, know. you know, a lot of people in the Asian community are, are um, smaller. Lighter, smaller. So yeah, you'll see you'll see a lot of Asian fighters at those those uh, lightweights. Super lightweights, and you know they throw a thousand punches, and they get hit a thousand times, and nobody fall. Nobody fall. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a brawl. So I, so we we give all this information, right? That was a lot of information. Yeah. We I, I say all that to say, at any given time in these ninety nine divisions, there can't be seven great opponents. And and to me, that as a casual boxing fan, and I'm gonna ask y'all y'all opinion clearly, as the connoisseurs of the sport. But as a casual boxing fan, that just makes me feel like I'm not seeing the best product. I'm not seeing the best guys fight. Now, when you take a step and look back at it, I see now why Pacquiao and Mayweather didn't box. I see why, like, Terrence Crawford and uh, Spence Spence don't fight. And one, because I can just jump up three three pounds. I can put three pounds on and go fight. Uh, I can go fight for seven other belts. I don't have to even, if I just get tired of, if I can get my belt here, then go pick up five pounds and go fight these other seven guys for their belt. Yeah. And I never really have to fight you and can say I won 20 belts. Yeah, and um, you're exactly right. And it's, it's, it's a few different reasons behind uh, you not seeing the best fights you should, you should be able to see right now. And for one, there should not be seven belts in one weight class. It's stupid. At all. It's at stupid. all. At the most, it really should only be two. At the most. I'm, I'm really not a fan of even having two belts. But, you know, mostly it's about money. And you're able what, – what happens is you're able to hide your champion from people. Because then you got mandatories and, you know, they can skip out on the mandatory and go for another fight. And, you know, for a final, they may say, like you said, they may say, well, you know, I'm – I'm jumping up to to one one forty now. After this fight, I'm out of here because there ain't nobody left for me to fight. When you literally got three or four other guys, five other champions you've never fought. You never fought, but five other guys that they're saying can can beat you hands down. And then you have this whole thing. A lot of this stuff uh, lies with the promoters. You have a lot of these promoters that hide their fighters and basically they. They get them all these fights against all of these um, journeymen to boost their resume and kind of boost their star power because when they finally get to the the real fight, they want it to actually be worth worth something. So they want that, you know, the thing is, so you might take a fighter, for example, like Tank, and you might have Tank fight 15 Fights where the fighters have at least three losses on their resume. You know, you already checked them out. You know, they can't touch Tank with a 10-foot pole. And that fit those 15 fights have had his resume. 
to the point to where now you can start to demand four, five, six million dollars a fight for him. So now when it's time for him to fight somebody like a Devin Haney or Teofimo Lopez or uh, Lomachenko or Ryan Garcia, if he just so happens to lose, at least he cashed out. At least he cashed out because the way right. it is now, this is and this is the only gripe I will ever put against my boy. Mayweather, Mayweather. yeah, man, he ruined he it, man. It, he made it to the point to where if you take a loss, you trash, because people are so used to seeing him win so much, and every and uh, even the young fighters, they they want to be like Floyd. It's to the point now where you people are really under the pressure to never take a loss. That's why you don't see the fights that you're supposed to see. You see that with Loma, man. He lost to Lopez, and it was a great fight. I mean, yeah. Lopez clearly won the fight, but you hear a lot of people who had. Loma pound for pound, top two, top three. Now they that. talking about he trash. I, I just I didn't well, I didn't talk about he trash, but I, but I think I'm, I told both. No, no, no. I'm not saying that you telling me. I'm saying that I think I, I Loma. I thought he was better than he was because, like I told you, I was like I didn't necessarily know the guys he was fighting, but one him being on ESPN, all his fights coming on ESPN. I'm watching him kick dudes' ass. I'm thinking like everything the guys on TV saying he won the best pound for pound, but then I watched him get in that ring with. With Lopez, and I'm like, man, hold on. This not the guy I'm used to cheering for. I didn't put my neck on the line for him. I became a fan. <laughs> I was talking, Loma going, and I, it was six rounds to the fight, and I couldn't even hop in the group chat, man. I couldn't even hop in the group chat, man. You got lost in the sauce, man. And when when it comes to Lomachenko, it's a few things to uh, to take into consideration. Now, I'm not going to say Loma is, is a bum because he's not. He's actually good. He has, he has great footwork. He has great movement. But Loma didn't really do much uh, better to me than a, than an average great black fighter does. So all this talk about him being, you know, better than Ali and better than Mayweather and blah, 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 and he so this, he so that. A lot of that had to do with him being a white fighter that performed at, at a high level and that was able to compete with, you know, other guys that, that weren't white, black guys and guys that were me of Mexican descent. Because really, the Latin community and the black community, they dominate boxing. When it comes to the athletes in boxing, they dominate boxing. Like, other I think sports in general. I mean, the yeah, Latino community general, but, but and the black. Boxing and the, but the thing about sports in general, you can kind of, it doesn't sting as bad because it's not an individual sport. Right. That's why, you know, you have people like Floyd and you have people like Serena. They get a lot of hate when it comes to them winning championships Everything. and titles because it's a one-on-one -on -one thing. It's really mano-a-mano. When you get in that ring or when you get on that tennis court, there ain't nobody there to help you but you. Right. It's just me and you. Right. You know, you can go to your corner and get advice, but they can't come out here and fight for you. Mm -hmm. And no matter how, you know, you you will hype people up and say they this and they that. And so when people take a loss – it's, it's, it's that much harder, but with somebody like a Lomachenko, you had this machine behind him that's promoting him and boosting him. And, oh, he just beat such and such. He just beat Rigondeaux. He just beat this guy, that guy. And when you look at these, and even when you look at these fighters' resumes, yeah, it's good. But me personally, when I watch Lomachenko fight, he, did, he does, like I said, he does great things, but – a lot of the fights that these fighters were quitting in, you know, when they would say, you know, the fighter threw in the white, threw in the tower or whatever. Now, to me, that looked rigged because when you look at the fight, 
It's not like Lomachenko was just beating him down into a pulp. It was to the point where people were just getting frustrated because of his footwork and his pivot game uh, was basically getting to the point where people couldn't hit him throughout certain rounds. But even with that, Lomachenko still gets hit a lot. He get he he gets hit a lot. So uh, me personally, like I told you on the phone, I always knew that when he faced a decent fighter, when somebody like a Devin Haney or Javante Davis or um, even a Ryan Garcia or Tiafimo Lopez, when they got their hands on him and he couldn't really, you know, pivot his way around the ring and spin, spin opponents and use his weight, Against people because he's usually a little bit bigger than the yeah he normally bigger than everybody. yeah I was about to say this is the first time I yeah. said like geez he he wasn't gonna respond well and Teofimo did a great job by using his, utilizing his jab and not giving him time to set up and get and get his own not giving Lomachenko time to set up and get his own rhythm going because every time he would try to respond Teofimo would respond with something else and he was. What we learned about Lomachenko that night, and my bad, Jay Steve, I don't mean to be taking up all the conversation. You good? You good? What we learned about Lomachenko is he can't fight going backwards. Yeah, yeah a lot of people didn't know that. Yeah, he had well, to fight off the back. Yeah, I about to night. say for me, he looked like a little short Tyson with with less power because he just always was on the attack. That's what made him exciting to me. He was just always attacking people. But I'm gonna let Real get off in here. You know, I know he got a lot to say about about the. I mean, like, like they said, I mean, it's the first time you saw him. And I give him credit. I mean, Lopez is a very good fighter. But, you know, like like they said, a lot of times Lomachico fights somebody he's bigger than. And to be honest, he probably is maxed out at 135. I don't see him. I see I seen Lopez say he going to 140. I don't think Loma can get any bigger than what he is. He probably need to go back down to 130 where he can have a little bit of a size advantage. But um, I mean, you like like he's like they said, man. It's just a machine behind people. Like, for example, I mean, and he's a black guy, but they did the same thing with Wilder. You know, Wilder. We all know that Wilder's very exciting. He has one punch power. I mean, he he knock you out. I mean, with just one shot, don't even have to be um, clean. You know, all that stuff. But the the machine behind him has led people to believe. He's a better fighter than what he actually is. So what you see a lot of times is you see these fighters, <clears throat> they fight a lot of journeymen. Like if you look at Wilder and you see he fought 35 people, like if I told you here's $20 and name three of them, you couldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, that goes for a lot of fighters in today's. And like they said, I mean, you call it the Mayweather effect. I yeah, mean, I think outside he of it all, like one from. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, like outside of what? Maybe Canelo. Like, who's a top-notch name and has a lot of losses? Well, not a lot of losses, but has a few losses on their belt. I mean, on their record. Canelo you know, go it's, fight it's not a lot though, because that Mayweather effect has had people to believe. Like, if you don't win every fight, you're not as great as what you really are. Yeah, but I don't understand why that's a thing when. Literally before him, there's been like well, one undefeated fighter. Well, because how many times have you seen a fighter uh, go undefeated and make a billion dollars? Right, never, never happened. Yeah, I mean, Mayweather ruined boxing. No, I, you know what? Him I'm and Don gonna, King. I'm not gonna say Mayweather ruined boxing because Mayweather, what Mayweather <laughs> did was he actually Mayweather. You gotta understand. He when, took the bull by the horns. He took the bull by the horns. But what you gotta understand about Mayweather is. 
Mayweather was an industry within himself. Just a Mayweather fight, you got to understand how much money that brought to not only to the TV networks, to the HBOs and the Showtimes, <laughs> um, you know, with all access and um, uh, what was the HBO show, uh, HBO show that used to come on? 24-7, uh, yeah, 24-7, the show that he produced, which was one, which received like, I think it received like an Emmy Award or something, but even that, but you look at the money that came to Vegas, just people traveling to see his fights, people coming to gamble, people coming um, to, to bet on the fights, and people within the casinos playing the machines and stuff, like he brought billions of dollars to that city every time he fought, and so... With with his name being that big, like I, I won't necessarily say he ruined boxing. He kind of took it to another level. But when, but one thing about it is when your stardom reaches a certain level and you get that big, whenever you get to the point to where you leave, the question is always who's next, who's the next mate. Well, then you got all these young fighters that see that opportunity and they want to fill those shoes. And not only do they see that opportunity. The promoters see that opportunity. They see how much money Al Heyman and Mayweather made together with May Mayweather Productions. You know, and so it's one of those things where we got to find the next big thing. And this is the, they try to implement the Mayweather formula. See, but to me, it's, it's not really the fact that Mayweather ruined boxing because he never lost. The problem is Mayweather, like Mayweather always says, these kids they want to make with the money but they don't want to put the work in behind it because pretty boy floyd was a knockout artist money made you know was was like kobe when kobe started relying on his fadeaway um other than just going in the hole dunking on everybody he had to switch his game up because he broke it mayweather had to switch his game up because he broke his hands so but at the same time, you still saw him getting up doing three-a-day workouts, keeping himself in shape on the offseason, not gaining 50, 60 pounds in the offseason, you know, um, <laughs> keeping his diet right, making sure he got his massages, making sure he got his cryotherapy. You know, even if he going out to the club partying and popping bottles, he ain't drinking none of them bottles that he popping or smoking none of that weed. And when he leaving the club, he running home in his Timberlands. He running from the club to the house. <laughs> Taking a nap, Look, going to the gym. That's lit. You know, yeah, he a machine. These, man. These Nobody other, work these, harder these, than him. These man. new age boxers, one, they not putting in the the, the, the nearly the, enough work because uh, I, I think I said this to you of any sport I've watched over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. This is the one sport where I haven't seen the athletes take another step and like show me something they never we've never seen. Like I understand yeah. this boxing, this physical combat, how much more like we don't want to see me punch anybody's necks off or nothing like that. But you know, I will, you know, it just it still seems it actually seems like it's regressed in a in a bit. Where you don't see as many. I understand there's styles of fighter. You got a slugger and the boxers and and it's just different styles within fighting. Mm -hmm. But back then I just think we saw more of those styles. I thought we I think we saw more skilled boxers. And I think you see just a lot of athletes like Deontay Wilder just kinda out here. Well, I have just, a theory on that, but I'm gonna let uh I, I have a shame. I think we probably about to go the same way with it. Um, what you see now, though, man, is you don't like with these athletes. Like boxing is one of the things you can't play. Like you can, you can play basketball. You can play baseball. Like, I mean, to a certain extent, you can play football. But boxing, like they said, is an individual sport. So what happens is 
you don't really see the athletes flock to boxing that used to because they feel like other avenues like baseball, rather than football or basketball, is a better is a better avenue to take as opposed to boxing. So where so I totally agree with you. We should be seeing like more athletic guys. Like there should be more Floyd Mayweather's or more Roy Jones, like as far as the fast twitch movement and yeah. the reaction speed. We should see more should of those. Commonplace. But it's but it's regressing because you just don't see the level of athletes that you used to when it comes to boxing due to, you know, it just not being a, it, it's, it's not a very lucrative sport compared to the sports that you can put your kids in these days. Mm. Now I, I'm going to have, I'll give you some pushback on that. Cause I, I will say it's still lucrative. Cause you still see people like the Charlo brothers and you still see like the Devin Haney's and Javante's they around here. They eating good, but, this is what I was going to say. The reason you're seeing so much um, turmoil and all of that in boxing is, is because it's, it's, it's really about money on the side of the promoters and on the side of the boxers, right? So you see that these fighters, they hide fighters from each other. So that automatically that kind of lowers the integrity of the sport because you're not putting the best, you're not making the best fight the best, which means that if a fighter knows, hey, I'm talented, if I could just do good enough to get these 15, 16 fights under my belt, I know I don't really have to be, or I don't have to put the work in like that because listen, I ain't got that fight coming up with with Javante next fight. I got three more fights before that happen. I got time, and then. Like, yeah, you can't play boxing, but you can play Instagram. So you got a lot of these fighters, like, social media has ruined so many aspects of the community. Everybody wants to be a star. So as soon as these kids get a little bit of money, they want to go out, they want to party with the strippers, they want to they holler at the IG models. You know, they want to take vacation. They want to be over in Cabo. They want to be in Dubai. They want to be in Tulum. They want to be in Ibiza. They want to, um, you know, enjoy these restaurants. They want to pull up in the in the drop to, drop head Phantom to uh, to Mr. Chow's or um, you know Philippe's or wherever wherever they eating at or Maestro's or wherever, you know. And then you see these fighters. Once the fight is over with, they going. These guys, you might see a fighter. Hey man, he fight at one forty five. During the offseason, man, he walking around. He didn't gain 40, 50 pounds. He didn't gain 30 Tank. pounds. He walking Tank around. Tank Davis. I be looking. Because what weight does he fight at? Because he he be looking fluffy. Tank, on the, he Tank be looking like, like 135, man. But during the offseason, he'll balloon up to 160. But he be looking like Webby. Weight because he's not in the gym training. So you don't see that progression. You don't never see him going to the next level because the body is a machine. You can't. You can't have uh, a production facility and then, you know, during your peak season, you're running your production facility like a well-oiled machine. You're running your machines and you shut your machines down for six to eight to ten months. And then you, when it's peak season, you want to get back in there and crank that machine back up and start it back running. Nah, you got you, parts that got rusty. You gotta you gotta uh, clean the oil. You gotta clean the machine again before you can even get it back into production. And is, is that why you think we're not seeing quality fights either? Because they like I think we talked about this. They spending more time getting in shape. 
than the, they are working on their craft. Yeah, and I put it like this: during the, during, even during the Lomachenko and, and Lopez fight, I was never worried, but I felt like Lopez could have he could have he could have done way better, but I could see him, even even though the average person may not have seen, I could see him kind of gassing. Around the seven, he never, say, yeah, because he never fought started. that long. Yeah, so you you know you ain't never, you never seen Mayweather get tired in the ring. Ever. No, that's one I don't thing. Care how hard his fight was, you've never seen him get tired. But you see fighters get past the sixth round, and then they start gassing towards the end of the fight, and that's because their cardio isn't up to par. Because they aren't cardio is one of those things. It's like a compound effect. The more you do it, the better you get at it. So you can't can't leave that ring and go and party for six, seven months, and then when somebody call you and say, hey, you possibly got a fight on the line, now you're trying to spend two months to get the weight off of you. You know, you're you trying to drop 40 pounds in two months, and you got to drop this weight before you can even get in the gym and start practicing, on, start working on skills, start skill work, start your pad work, start your sparring, and your, you know, your uh, bag work and all of this stuff, this fine-tuning that you need to do. Now you kind of starting all the way over, whereas you're supposed to already still be sharp so that we can work on other skills that you're going to need to have in order to beat this opponent because styles make fights. And his style is not conducive to the way that you naturally fight. But because we got to get all this weight off of your fat ass, now we can't work on what it is we need to work on that will help you matriculate or grow to the next level to be able to overcome his overhand right that he gonna throw at you when you get in the ring because the piggy the piggyback off of that man a lot i think one of the reasons why you don't see that is because it is five or six belts i mean let's be let's be let's be real i mean tank can do that because okay tank he might win one belt and then he got a mandatory and the mandatory probably gonna be a bum I mean, so he takes that mandatory fight. He goes back and do balloon up, come back and get in shape again, and he's fighting for another belt on a guy that's probably the sixth or seventh best guy in the division. You know what I'm saying? Like, it really gets back down to the point where it's like these belts limit what a guy is because, for example, you see um, you see somebody like, Spence, for example, he's I think he has two belts. I think Crawford got one, but like who has the other belt? You know what I I'm saying? Like you. hold on, cuz I got a full list. Keep going, but I got it. Yeah, but the you know what I'm saying? So for example, you'll see somebody like that, and that guy who got that other belt, like obviously he's nowhere near the guy, the level that Crawford or Spence is, mm-hmm. but you see other guys vying for that belt because they don't have to fight. Uh, Spence or Fighter Crawford. Oh, you know, Manny Pacquiao it, got the other one. Okay, but you know, but see, that's what I'm saying. Like Pacquiao has that belt, and Pacquiao fights not, one time a year. Yeah. Also, I was about to say. So, <laughs> Terrence Crawford has a WBO. Spence has the IBF and a WBC, and Pacquiao has a WBA. And then it says that your Rendis Ugas is the WBA WBA regular. Okay. And Ugas is a top. He's a top five guy. I mean, well, I mean, probably six. I mean, you probably put Porter, Spence, Thurman. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, who's who did Spence just fight before that? Yeah, Don. Uh, what one of the Charlos is in that division too, isn't he? 
Right. Oh uh, no, I think Trollo is. Uh, no, he in junior middleweight. Middleweight. Yeah, he's junior middleweight. So he 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 level. What about little Charlo? It's. Well, Charlo looked like he got one in middleweight and you know, junior middleweight. Yeah, I think they. I think they higher. But you, yeah, I'm okay. saying like you see Ugas, he's like he's probably the sixth or seventh best guy in the welterweight division. Right. You know, and but he has a belt. Yeah, he is, that, he's the WBA regular champion. They got another right. one too. They have. Uh, Hold on, where is it at? They had oh, and Jamal James is a W WBA interim welterweight. And who is that? Who is that? That's, who is Jamal that's James? Six, that's six champions in the welterweight division. Exactly, man. Belts. So so you think about it, bro. Like all these welterweights, they don't have to touch Porter or Spence and can get them a belt. They can go fight Pacquiao, Ugas, Jamal Jones, Jamal James. Exactly, man. And, and you they think about be, that for each division, champion. and that's stupid. It's stupid. I got a question. Go ahead. Do you is you because I got a lot of I believe this, and I got a lot of people I think that agree. You guys might agree that the UFC and just I guess uh we'll say mixed martial arts uh-huh. has overtaken boxing as clearly the more dominant combat sport. Uh fights wise, no, no, I no, would no, no, say no. hands down. Money wise, no. no right. Now, if you ask, say, like, who makes the better fights, it's UFC hands, hands down, down. Okay. because hands it's down. one belt, yep. and you have to fight some top guys to get that belt. Yeah, and Dana White making them boys fight each other. So right, yeah, man, he's yeah, making he, a fight. Yeah, ain't no IBF over there. It's Dana White, and that's it. <laughs> you ain't no, get it ain't no WBC is the what Dana White say going. I, li- I like that. Right. That's why. Exactly. I, so, so I guess that is a two-layer question, because obviously the money, Conor McGregor had to come box to get that, right. to get it. A check he'll never see again. Yeah. You feel me? Right. Uh-huh. Right. So I think. Well, I don't think a lot of people understand that. Um, but as far as because I think most people, it's an, an entertainment and experience factor. I think the UFC man is is giving us something special right now, man. It's making that I think is also making it hard for us to get the best product of boxing too, because you see some of the better athletes going back to that thing. Mm-hmm. Some of the better athletes, even though the money ain't there. Is is ways to bridge? I think a little better off the UFC than it is to. I totally agree. I mean, you look at somebody like John Jones, who is a light heavyweight. I mean, hands down, if he went to boxing, I'm not saying he'd be a better boxer, but he's a better athlete than those. That family just athletic. That's a a bad. Right. Yeah, that's a bad example. Or or even Izzy, even Adesanya. I mean, if you look at him, he at 185. If you put him up to any 185 athlete in boxing, like he hands down is a completely better athlete than anybody you can find at boxing at 185. Yeah, yeah, but the John Jones, Chandler Jones, that Jones family, man, they see. Oh yeah, over. man, that's, that's they serious that's, athletes over they serious, there. Man. Man. That's, how can you be? How can you produce two cheering? See them Plumleys. They ain't got shit on this. They ain't got them. Nah, damn, nah. what's them other uh the holiday other brothers? Nah. They ain't got nothing on this, man. <laughs> the ball brothers. I heard them, them my cousins. They ain't, they ain't got nothing on them Jones brothers, man. That blood there is strong. You got two top dogs in two separate sports, man. See, I, I don't I don't I don't necessarily know if I'm ready to die on that hill that that MMA athletes are That's the word MMA than um boxing athletes. I don't think I'm ready to down the hill just yet. I I have to see more. You got to show me more, cause I just I just know that it was hard for Conor McGregor to be in that ring with Mayweather 
Oh, well, now I'm not speaking on the boxing technical ability. I'm speaking as far as just the athletic. Yeah, and I get it. But measurements and abilities, you know, I mean, if you think of a. And, and, May, and Mayweather is Mayweather is probably not a a good comparison because Mayweather is probably the only one. Him, maybe him, Roy Jones. But but I'm saying, but I'm, outside of them, I don't know if I would. Are we talking like stamina and and basically uh, footwork and all this stuff? Or are we just talking about like the range of techniques as far as like all the different disciplines? Well, well, I mean, like the basic measurements as far as something as far as uh, strength, speed, uh, reactions, um, quickness. I don't, you know. know, I don't know if I'm ready to down that hill because with boxing, it's 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 boxing is is very technical. MMA is technical too, but it's technical when you get on the ground. But boxing is technical, and like you have to think and act at the same time when it comes to a stand up fight. Because all fights end up on the ground, but usually that if you will, if you look at an MMA fighter stand up game, and this is just coming from me, somebody that trained in martial arts and trained in boxing, uh, like real deal train. When you look at a at an MMA or a martial arts a martial artist's um, stand up game, their stand up game isn't all that. It's it's never really that that good. It's not it's not really comparable to a boxer's punch. Right, like because you they have so they have such a range of other um, weapons that they can use. Yeah, you know, a couple of six might can on grab your, your, on your arm, feet. You, know? you, fo- you focusing on grabbing people, but with boxing, I'm focusing on punching. I'm it's five it's five major punches in boxing. You got your jab, you got your you got your right hand, you got two uppercuts, and you got a hook. I only have to wor- I only have to worry about mastering five punches and mastering this footwork, and I'm doing that for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. You got to worry about mastering this technique, that technique, this technique. Bruce Lee said it the best. It's not the person that knows the most techniques that's the most dangerous. It's that person that practices that kick five thousand times that you need to worry about because he's executed that kick perfectly five thousand times. Now, this person over here, they might know 480 different techniques, but what's the chances that they're going to know all of them fluently and they're going to be a master at all of them? It's not really that. It's not that big of a chance, but you're dealing with somebody that's, hey, been dealing with five punches for 16 to 20 years, 24 years out of their life. They they had those punches mastered pretty good. I'm going to sit this one out because I feel like that's I, – I don't know no better. I don't even – well, my That's only rebuttal to that would be with MMA, you know, the gloves are a lot smaller, so you tend to have punches that wouldn't slip in a boxing match. You will have that slip in an MMA fight. So, you know, so, so yeah, like the stand-up game looks a little sh- more shakier, but and I don't want to use McGregor because, I mean, obviously Floyd was playing with him. And like carrying him during the fight, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you you look at him, the punishment he took in a boxing match versus what he takes in the MMA fight, and yeah, like it's it's more layers to an MMA fight, but just just the fact that the punches can slip through your guard just so much easier, it's really really hard to have a very very great stand up defense game in the MMA compared to boxing. 
But I, even, and I agree with that, but even with that, though, I'm not even talking about, like, the defense as far as, I'm talking about even the way they throw punches. Like, they don't throw punches correctly. But, okay, but, I see. What, but I think, and this, here's where I will, Devin, wouldn't that, I would just think that would go into, I wouldn't throw a punch the same at you if I know you can catch it and do something else as if I would throw it when I know the only thing you can do is either throw a punch back at me or block it. No, you see, I just think a, I think I would throw a punch differently a pun, if I knew that. Is a, a punch is a punch. That's just like if we were to get into a. But I would fight. throw it differently if no, I know you, you. If I know you can't grab this, I would throw it differently. Let, let me. Do you know how hard it is to catch a jab? A well, a very well placed jab. If I sell out, I don't know, man. You, <laughs> I don't. I don't know anybody ever caught a jab. I mean, if like, you have gloves on, I you mean, can. You can at least deflect it a yeah, little better. Let me put it jab, like that. But what? But what I'm saying is, I'm talking like, about like a bear. You know, like ah, you know. Oh like, yeah, like, yeah, like I can not like here catch it. Yeah, no, nah, that's not what I'm not, talking about. You're not gonna catch a jab. The only the best you you'll probably do against a jab is slip a jab or or maybe parry a jab. But if my hands are lightning maybe fast, right. just from me punching. But first of all, you got to keep take into account. I got 16 ounce gloves on. I got a pound on each fist when I'm training. You understand what I'm saying? Like, the gloves right. are smaller. We might fight in 10, 12-ounce gloves when we when we fighting in a match. But even that is is still heavier than the MMA glove. So, if I'm, if I'm you know, punching at record speed in these heavy-ass gloves, what you think going to happen when I take these gloves off and put them little three-ounce gloves on? Blood on the leaves. Yeah, you understand what Blood I'm saying? Blood on the leaves, man. Let me – okay, we finna – look. I got a new segment for y'all. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be I'm gonna debut this segment with y'all. All right. It's called Hit the Group Chat. And I'm gonna go hit I get my group chats be lit most of the times throughout the week, except for when my team's losing. But the off season group chat be lit, lit, litty, because there can't nobody hate on nobody. <laughs> so let's go. I just I, so we're gonna start visiting. I'm gonna go through a, like a rapid or just some funny shit and just some of the best shit I've got through the group chat okay. through the week. So we're going to start with a Jamal Adams tweet. We're going to start real light. Jamal Adams tweeted that DK Metcalf is the new Megatron. And he doesn't want to. Let me just get the tweet so I can make sure. Let me get the tweet so I can make sure. DK Metcalf is the new Megatron? Yeah, I just want to make. That's, that was, that's the gist of it, but let me make sure I get the exact tweet so that you we can respond to it properly. He says, DK at DKM14 is the new era of Megatron. I'm not arguing with anybody. Have a great Tuesday. October 13, 2020. How do y'all feel? I know you hadn't watched any football, so this might be just a J. Steve question. Yes, J. Steve. DK Metcalf, the new Megatron, true or false? True. This era is true, Megatron. True, true. That's why I say but his era. Yeah, true. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm inclined I, to say true as well. Physically, I mean, I, I, physically, that dude is just—he's next level. I don't, I don't. True. He's 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 a tough guard. A guy who's that big, that straight. Fast, he looks yeah, like man. a defensive end. Yeah. He moves. He runs a four three. I just just put this guy in perspective for you. Yeah, yeah. You know who he is. Right I'm gonna now, let you yeah, see him first. I know who DK. Oh, you know who DK is? Like 6'3, 220, 6'4, 230, 230 uh, 4'3 speed. 
<laughs> and he lift he lift his whole his whole building up with one arm. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've and he plays that. wide receiver. Okay. And he's been dominant. He out there with Russell Wilson too. And Russell Wilson can spin that football, and he yeah. he get yeah, him the yeah. ball. And right now he's he really looks like a real deal problem. This is his second year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute terror. And, yeah. he's, and he's making plays, just big body, athletic, super physical plays like we saw that guy at Georgia Tech do, man. He running up, and he out there at a four three. Six four. Four three. Man. And if he making, yeah, it's, it's, and he making plays, so he's translating it. on the field too. Okay, how many catches? Let me check out DK Metcalf stats. Let's look at him. I'm hey, anybody want to come be a stat guy, man? Come holler at me, man. I need a stat guy. DK Metcalf this year. Hold on, he got sixteen catches. What is it? How many games they played? Five, five, six, five, six, so yeah. five or six game. He got sixteen catches, four hundred and three yards. They had a bye week, by the way. Okay, so they didn't play this week. Yeah, so they had five. Then. Yeah, twenty five yards a catch. Shit, three touchdowns. Yeah, he, yeah, he had to do his thing. Each game he had four yeah, catches, yeah. one hundred and six. Four catches, one ten. Four catches, yeah, ninety two. Yeah, that boy official. Yeah, yeah man, he. And if you look at the size on him, man, it's nothing like yeah, him. It's really I, nothing I, like I've him besides Megatron. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen countless memes and and pictures of him because I think he got bigger. Yeah, he looked like a. See this picture that are coming out of college. Yeah, I, that don't do him no justice now, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Like, look how big this guy is on a football field. Yeah. Look how big this guy, Steve. Let me show it to him. Bro, I'm he's like imagine Derrick Henry playing wide receiver, man. That's what that is. <laughs> next, next one. Two attack of a lower is a starter. We're gonna keep. I'm gonna get off football after this. Will Tua get the Miami Dolphins to the playoffs in two years? True or false? Real? Ooh, I say true. Jets looking bad. Um. Bills are a team to watch uh, for the future. Our Patriots are very, very uncertain. I'll say true. MJ Cigar aficionado interview came out in its entirety five days ago, approximately sometime this either late last week. Um, it was an interview he did in 2017. They clipped it up a little bit, released a few pieces of it, but they had released it uncut in its entirety mm-hmm. within the last week. I feel like it's a smear campaign on LeBron James's legacy. Why do why is MJ releasing so much shit? My boy, I, I, it's a smear campaign. I think they he wanna, feels threatened. I think it's. I really think he feels threatened, and he just letting it all go. He letting it all fly right here, right now. This man just won the finals. And y'all release a three-year-old interview, Michael Jordan. It's just weird. It's a smear campaign. My boy ain't even got his parade. They trying to us. We they talked about him for two days, and they trying to get him out of there. I, you know, I I won't, I won't put it on Jordan per se because I just, just me knowing. Even though I'm not a, I'm not really a Jordan fan like that off the court. Um, not really a fan of his personality like that. Um, you know, going by judging by from what I what I know about him so far, because of course I don't know him 
personally, so I can never really just be a true judge of his character. But I won't necessarily put it on him because just me knowing how the media does <clears throat> and how they spend some stuff and how they make a situation look like something. Because that interview was, what, three years ago? Yeah, 2017. Yeah, so I won't necessarily say it's him telling them, hey, release that interview. I don't even think he has that much power over when his interview is released and let y'all got some information that i that i'm not hold on hold on hold on if you seen that last dance documentary i know you have yeah it's one thing for certain that jordan let no let everybody know he is not letting nothing fly without his approval he is not letting anything fly without his approval but you know, I don't. I, you know, I would just hate to think that he did that. He's doing that to purposely undermine LeBron. But hey, who knows? He could be that petty. He could be that petty. I think he, he is, is whack. I <laughs> think weak. it is. I don't know. Don't let me. What I'm saying. Let me think. Let me let you think that I'm saying that this interview particular is calculated. But I think like the last dance. I think anytime. We hear something for, about LeBron. Anytime LeBron James does something great, Michael Jordan has never been vocal about. Y'all used, never. To, always, y'all used to always say Michael Jordan. He don't. He do all type of stuff for the community. He just don't tell everybody. Now he statements. Now all his contributions are in public. Oh, M- Michael Jordan gave three thousand dollars to a, a crackhead on the street yesterday. Is I'm telling you, man. I think it's a smear campaign. I think they trying to. They trying to wake up an old ghost, man. Now, now that part, I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think that that part, as far as him trying to come out and um and basically, you know, kind of revamp his legacy, is about LeBron directly. I think it's because now we're moving into a more socially conscious time. Yeah, he is black adjusting with the and, times. And I agree yeah. with that. No, no, no. I wasn't even gonna say that. <clears throat> I'm just gonna say black people are starting to wake up. And I think because before, you know, they used to have this whole thing. Michael Jordan invested in prisons and the white Michael Jordan. And yeah, it wasn't it wasn't MJ number 23 MJ, but he he knew that that shit was going on around about him. And he never made it a point to come out and say, hey, no, nah, I would never do anything like that. I love my people to not to not do yeah. anything like and that. He, he, still- just, he just was on some like, well, shit, I mean, if they believe it. It is what yeah. it is. But now that we waking up and. He's seeing that people like black people are serious. Like we boycotting companies and we basically leaving companies that are detrimental to us and and, sh- and are showing us well for the most part because we can do a lot better. But that for the most part, um, black people are waking up and we kind of doing away with with toxic corporations and brands that have not contributed anything to the community. So I think his his team, his PR team, is privy to that. Nike is privy to that, and anybody else that's profiting off of the, the Jumpman brand is privy to that. So they telling him like, "Look, this is what you know." His PR people are in are in full effect. Look, we're gonna get these interviews out here. Look, you need to get some money to Black Lives Matter. You need to, you know, I can work with that. Commit X amount of dollars to this. I can and work X with amount that. Of dollars to that. So it's it's not necessarily about LeBron, but LeBron could be factored in that. I much LeBron. rather it be a smear campaign than what you said it was, Thanks. though. It just it fits my narrative, yeah, man. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but look, we gotta wrap it up, man. Hey, man, hold on before we wrap it up. What up? I, I, I'm really ashamed at you, bro. 
Okay, I get you. You brought up DK Metcalf, and we ain't getting no Jordan Jefferson love on on the. Oh, shout out pod, to my boy bro. Jordan Jefferson. Come on, man. Actually, we got to get some gritty shout in out here, to bro. Jordan yeah. Jefferson. Shout out to Clyde Edwards Elair. Shout out to Joe Burrow. All my LSU guys. Nah, see, I asked all that. See, man. you shouldn't have brought it up. Jordan Jefferson jo- love. Hey, yeah, Jefferson, man. Justin <laughs> Jefferson, not Jordan. Jordan is the. Jordan. I met Justin. My bad. Yeah. That's dang. I'm messing. Hey, Justin Jefferson, best rookie wide receiver in, in a long time, a very long time. The okay. Vikings they stank it up though, man. Does, so. Okay. Also, another shout out to my guy, Real Steve, man. He gets married. End of the month, October thirty first. I want everybody to give my boy a big congratulations, man. Jump off the cliff. Jump off the jump jump off the cliff, man. Congratulations to my guy. Yeah, it ain't no water there, bro. Get your parachute like in the in the duty and set put your mark down and and get down. You don't want to break them (laughs) legs. We're gonna land at the DZ, bro. (laughs) Yeah, we do not break them legs and do not drop in uh in uh well we don't drop it. The stadium, bro. We don't drop the stadium. Congratulations, congratulations. Appreciate it, my guy. Nah, shout out to Pete to everybody um that's a part of the the um Wildcard Card Sports Podcast Facebook group. Yeah, shout out to the Wildcard Sports Talk. Yeah, shout shout out, out to our listeners. Who? I don't know. Shout out to Oh, uh sh- commenters. Tom Moolah, uh, my boy Moolah Mall, he always be in there. Shout out to my boy uh Caldwell Dempsey, he be in there getting it. Let me see who me. Dwikey. Law. Shout out to Vino. Shout out to everybody who hold us down, man. Shout out to our listeners, man. Shout out to our viewers on YouTube, man. Wildcard TV. Make sure you go out there. Shout out to our followers on social media, man. We love you. Shout out to Dayton, man, for coming through, pulling up, getting that good Shout out fight talking. Black owned brands. Shout out to, man, I, damn, I got a lot of stuff. Shout out to Casey's Candles. Uh, right here, got the fresh candle on the table, man. I burning this the the spa days, man. Make sure y'all go holler at Casey's Candles. Uh, Pharaoh, he's changed his name to is it now Pharaoh? I think mm-hmm. it is now Pharaoh Clothing Line coming up. He was working. Um, it was um Christian, Christian Henry first. Yep. He's been you know working with the NFL, fitting players in draft day suits, man. Make sure y'all tap in with him. Uh, make sure. Damn, who else we know? Get you in the Mir James hoodie. The Amir James hoodie. Just uh what's the uh black bank that um that uh killer Mike starting? Oh, the the digital bank. Um, digital bank, Facebook bank, Instagram I bank. I can't even think of the name of it right now, but shout out to it. Shout out to it, man. Shout out to all black people excelling, man. Shout out to Rail for coming on, man. I appreciate oh, vote, everybody. Vote, 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 vote. Make sure y'all get out here and vote. And don't wait till election day, man. If you wait till election day, the chances of you voting go down tremendously. I don't care. All this talking y'all doing, all this all this talk has come down to it. Put your money where your mouth is. Make sure you vote. Has been's podcast, episode nine. It's your boy Cam Will, man. We out. We out.